Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we are continuing to talk about one of the biggest stories in video gaming, California's harassment and discrimination lawsuit against Activision Blizzard. Before we get started, I do want to give the disclaimer that I've given in other videos in this series. I have family that works at Activision Blizzard that could be a part of the story that we're about to talk about in this video, but I don't know that because I have not and will not be talking to that individual about this particular circumstance for reasons that I hope are pretty obvious to each of you. Now, you can also evaluate the stance that I take in these videos on that premise. I do have family affiliated with this story in some capacity. I hopefully am not presenting anything biased or otherwise untowards in these videos, but you can evaluate that. That's why we do the disclaimers. The other bit of housekeeping I want to get out of the way is that this channel is supported by Patreon. We're coming up on the end of the month. And as we're coming up on the end of the month, we do have sponsors for July of 2021. Many thanks to our group sponsors, Tavern Keeper and Dragon Girl for keeping the virtual legality lights on. If you're interested in potentially sponsoring the show, please do check it out on Patreon. We've also finally set up a playlist for what appears to be something that's going to be a long-running series here in virtual legality, California versus Activision Blizzard, a legal view to which this video will be joined. We'll now have four videos and I suspect a number of additional entries. With all that out of the way, let's talk about what's happening today. It's a pretty big day in this story from a practical level, if not a legal or legal documentary level. From the very start of this, from the lawsuit from California, through the messaging that Activision put out there, to the reactions that that messaging got with open letters and employees telling their stories on social media and Twitter, everything that we've said as part of the videos that we've done about how Activision was failing to coordinate its message and in fact stirring the pot of what was already a very difficult situation for the company that resulted in things like an 8% drop in their stock price, which has rebounded a little bit, and we'll talk about that as part of this video. It has been clear that things have been escalating, that leadership at Activision Blizzard didn't appear to have a good handle on the steering of the ship, was creating more problems than they were helping, and that culminated at an employee level in the past few days with not just that open letter, but in fact, a walkout here labeled as hashtag ActiBliz walkout. You can check that out on social media and elsewhere for people that are discussing this, reporting on it, and otherwise supporting it. But it's a big deal that the Blizzard and Activision Blizzard employees are organizing something on this specific point. And also, it's a big deal on how Activision has reacted to that escalation in some unusual ways that are also going to help explain why you might see companies in other circumstances that are handling things a bit better stay quiet for a bit longer, even when that seems from the outside to be the wrong idea. So let's see what Activision Blizzard has fomented here. Let's see how the employees are reacting. I've pulled up an IGN article on the topic. Activision Blizzard employees have announced that they intend to stage a walkout on Wednesday, July 28th. The walkout comes in protest at the response from company leadership to a lawsuit highlighting harassment, inequality, and more within the company. And I think IGN frames that entirely properly. As we've talked about, 
This didn't start really when the state of California sued Activision Blizzard. It started when those leaked emails came out, when it was clear that Activision wasn't responding with the intelligence that you would expect of a large publicly traded corporation. And it started from that initial response that IGN published that we've highlighted in these videos and continued and escalated and snowballed. Announced in a statement of intent, employees explain that internal and external responses from Activision Blizzard after the announcement of the lawsuit have led them to believe that our values as employees are not being accurately reflected in the words and actions of our leadership. And this is, to my mind, as far as it goes with respect to a functioning organization, the real dagger in the heart for what's happening at Activision Blizzard. Why you see that stock response that you saw yesterday, which is if you have a failure of leadership, if it doesn't look like someone's steering the ship, employees pick up on that. Employees think the ship's being steered in the wrong way. And if you lose the hearts and minds of the people that are actually making your widgets, making your World of Warcraft, performing your services, and they now believe that they work for an evil entity or that the people in charge don't know what they're doing, that's when you get responses. That's when you actually see things happen. That's why things like this from employees at a place like Activision Blizzard work. The walkout calls on the company's leadership to work with employees on a list of demands. I'm not sure I would call them demands. I think that creates a little bit of extra confrontation, but I don't know that the employees actually called them a list of demands. This is being reported, of course, from a secondary source. Taking place from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific, so a couple of hours from now from recording this video, an in-person walkout will congregate at the Blizzard campus main gate. A virtual walkout will take place on the same day from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific with employees unable to attend in person. Obviously, in 2021, there's all sorts of remote work being done. Invited to stop work and share the hashtag ActiBlizzWalkout on social media. And now we get to that demand list, the requirements that the employees would like to see out of their employer Activision Blizzard. First, an end to mandatory arbitration clauses in all employee contracts, current and future. Arbitration clauses protect abusers and limit the ability of victims to seek restitution. And arbitration clauses, especially in California, are something of a fighting negotiation point across all sorts of industries. If you aren't familiar with the process, you can generally go to court on a contractual dispute if these provisions don't exist. And in that court, you'll be able to present publicly your complaints about your employer. They'll be able to present their complaints against you. It's all a very public process. It's also a long-term and potentially expensive process. So a long time ago, in relative terms, the federal government of the United States said arbitration is a good idea. And arbitration is a private process where essentially somebody with legal experience, often a judge, sometimes just a highly decorated lawyer, will facilitate what amounts to a personal courtroom type negotiation and will evaluate the claims that two parties are making against each other. Well, in contract terms, employers very often started making it mandatory that in order to be employed at their company, you would agree that you won't settle disputes in court. You'll instead settle them through an arbitration process. Now, in and of itself, that's not terribly problematic. In fact, when it first started, arbitration was often cheaper than legal system, was often faster than the legal system, and Parties could get scheduling that was better because you're not worried about schedules of the court and things like that. However, one of the main problems for arbitration, as identified by employees and has been discussed by many employee-facing organizations, is that quietness, that privacy aspect, and the ability of a private process to potentially 
put under the rug certain problems like harassment and discrimination that could otherwise be identified as part of that process as affecting an employer. So California already looks askance at arbitration clauses, but they've run into difficulty because the federal government has basically put in, to get, put in place a law that says arbitration is to be something that's promoted across most things. And so this stating that we don't want to have arbitration clauses in our employment contracts seems perfectly fine. A little bit adjacent to the problem at issue, but I think they properly frame it here as why they care about it with respect to harassment and discrimination. Point two, the adoption of recruiting, interviewing, hiring, and promotion policies designed to improve representation among employees at all levels, agreed upon by employees in a company-wide diversity, equity, and inclusion organization. Now, there's a couple of things happening here. One, if you were to ask Activision Blizzard, whether this was already happening, you would see in things like the Townsend email, which really started a lot of this fighting, that they say that they do this kind of thing. We've got a strong DE&I network. We do all the things that we are supposed to do as a company already. So Activision Blizzard might object to the concept that these things aren't already happening. But of course, not every company is being sued by a state of the United States for failing in these specific aspects. Now, It's worth noting here, at least as an aside, that while the state of California kind of elides around the question of hiring, it doesn't actually bring account with respect to hiring itself. Here in paragraph four, we see them described as follows. Like the executive ranks, women across the company are assigned to lower paid and lower opportunity levels, which is similar to you didn't hire them for higher levels, but not quite the same. Female employees receiving lower starting pay and also earn less than male employees for substantially similar work, which is the crux of their equal payment complaint. Defendants promote women more slowly and terminate them more quickly than their male counterparts. Faced with such adverse terms and conditions of employment, many women have been forced to leave the company. That's your constructive termination concept. But if you actually scroll down to the counts, you see that they've described the counts as related to compensation, Then they've related it to promotion, then to termination, then to constructive termination, here described as constructive discharge, and then they move into harassment. So hiring isn't specifically identified, even though a number of the paragraphs here kind of hint at hiring being part of the concept. Because if you're assigning people that you hire to lower level opportunities, then that's essentially the same as hiring someone into a lower level job. And the implication is that you don't hire women into higher level jobs. So I think it's fine the way that it's been presented by the employees. It's just a little odd the way the state of California did it and the way it's being described here. Current practices have led to women, in particular women of color and transgender women, non-binary people and other marginalized groups that are vulnerable to gender discrimination not being hired fairly for new roles when compared to men. And I think this demand list, I think this walkout, I think the open letter that's presented by the employees seems completely sincere from them. It is interesting to me, and this is when you're in high stakes kind of confrontations like this, that you've got a slight expansion of what's happening here. California is laser focused on women. And this is intended to apply to more of a group than just women. They've got non-binary people. They've got other marginalized groups they want to include here. And I think if you're seeking change at your employer, if you're seeking change at your company, you might as well go for the change that you want to see happen. However, they might have a little more luck with kind of on the margins people, employees of the companies, 
if they focus specifically on the things that California brought up. It's not for me to say, that's for the employees to determine on their own, but you do see these slight expansions every so often. The other thing I want to say is this ingredient upon by employees concept is probably the hardest thing if you're Activision Blizzard to kind of swallow, right? We can adopt new policies. We can have a task force. When you start talking about company-wide agreement of major structural changes that will affect things like how the company operates, what kind of profitability it can have, that kind of thing, you have to, if you're management, you have to watch out for losing the reins of the ship of enterprise here. And it's not necessarily nefarious, but it's something that you have to watch. And it's unlikely, from my view, to be agreed upon in respect of company-wide. And it's unclear what they mean by a company-wide DE&I organization anyway, provided that Activision Blizzard is already doing this kind of stuff. Probably what's most likely to come out of a demand like this is some kind of better employee representation on whatever task forces they have. Higher level representatives, maybe representatives from all of the subsidiaries uh, that could be representing the various kind of employee constituencies, something along those lines, rather than whatever it means to have a company-wide initiative agreed upon by employees. Employees don't really have a proxy for how the company operates, and that's going to be something that's a sticking point, I would suspect, from the corporate level. Item three, publication of data on relative compensation, including equity grants and profit sharing, everything else that is incentives, promotion rates and salary ranges for employees of all genders and ethnicities at the company. Current practices have led to aforementioned groups not being paid or promoted fairly. And indeed, non-payment of fair payment amounts across genders is one of the things that California has brought up in the bulk of its documents against Activision Blizzard. The question becomes, can Activision Blizzard do this? What does this look like? And if you're at a negotiation table, you could talk with the employees about what this looks like. I, I don't think there's a problem necessarily with the publication of ranges. You may or may not want to publish rangers on a gender basis or an ethnicity basis because it loses some of the detail in that publication. You are going to have different genders represented in different roles of the company, different ethnicities represented at different roles of the company. Ideally, Everything is a perfect mix and you don't have to worry about anything, but just the lumpiness of hiring and firing people and the fact that 9,500 people, as long as we're isolating it by gender and ethnicity and potentially other kind of frameworks, is going to have a strong reaction to any given hiring or firing. It's a lot of people when we talk about it from the outside. It's not a lot of people when we talk about data analytics. And so Activision Blizzard is going to react pretty strongly against this, I think, not the least of which because the creation of documents like that opens itself up to legal liability, especially in the shadow of a litigation from the state of California that's analyzing these kinds of things. So this is an inopportune time for Activision Blizzard to be asked to do this kind of thing. You might hear that from somebody like me, a corporate lawyer, and say, well, that's just legal defensiveness. They have to talk to their employees. And indeed, at this point, that's, yes, they do. And you're trying to assuage employee fears that you're just an evil corporation. So you're going to listen to all of this. This is going to be a sticking point, I think, for Activision Blizzard, because they are going to be worried about creating some kind of document that's anonymous enough for people that don't want their information out there, that doesn't wrongly kind of present the information without enough detail that would you have to go into things like roles at the company, tenure at the company, and a whole host of things that make pay rates and compensation levels different in order to avoid backlash like they're seeing right now. 
And that's a tough one for them. So you've got, yep, arbitration clause is going to be tough because they like them, but potentially something that they can work out because California already hates them. You've got DE&I that I think they could probably add people to and otherwise make a little bit more employee facing. Publication of data, probably a little bit harder. And then empower, again, a company-wide diversity, equity, and inclusion task force to hire a third party to audit ABK's reporting structure, HR department, and executive staff. It is imperative to identify how current systems have failed to prevent employee harassment and to propose new solutions to address these issues. Now, this one's interesting because as we will see, it looks like Activision Blizzard has taken this particular point and already tried to respond to it, not with a company-wide task force, but with a third party coming in to look at things at Activision Blizzard, a third party that the employees might not be happy with in terms of identity, and we'll take a look at that, but that Activision Blizzard sees this one as something that they can give on and perhaps pretty substantially in order to try to get the employees uh, back at the table with them, back on the same ship, rowing in the same direction, making the same products that have made Activision Blizzard a whole lot of money. IGN follows up this list of demands with a description of how this came to be. The walkout follows an open letter signed by hundreds of Activision Blizzard employees calling internal responses to the recent lawsuit abhorrent and insulting. Ex-Blizzard executives Mike Morhaime and Chris Metzen have written to apologize for failing employees at the company during their time there. And I think, as you know, if you've watched this video series, that that gives far too much credit for what those statements are actually designed to do, but I'll leave you to judge that for yourself. As of this morning, the letter has surpassed 2,600 signatures. I've actually heard behind the scenes that that number is a little bit higher than that. But Activision Blizzard's leadership has reportedly not yet responded to its content. And for the record, behind the scenes does not include my family members. Other behind the scenes uh, note givers on that in case anybody from Activision is listening. Uh, but that's how IGN reports it. They also note something else that happened, which is that they were told from various people at this walkout, organizing this walkout, that there were concerns that contract workers, people that worked on an hourly basis, might not be able to participate. And they understood that because got to feed the family, got to keep the lights on. And then Blizzard did something interesting. As reported on by Jason Schreier here on Twitter, he says, Blizzard told employees this afternoon it will offer paid time off to those participating in tomorrow's walkout. Now, it's unclear whether that counts against your PTO time, what exactly they mean by that. Certainly, there's stuff to be ironed out there, but it's worth noting that Blizzard is now signaling that they recognize this as a significant issue, that they recognize what happened from Thursday of last week until now as something they got wrong. And this is doubled down upon by one Mr. Bobby Kotick, who is probably the name you were noting you hadn't heard, CEO of Activision Blizzard, the $200 million man, and he hadn't said anything. He had let other executives talk about this. And that's not non-standard. He was letting the executives that are related to this kind of talk about it, but people wanted to hear from him. And it looks now like he was called into action by the stock price, by the problems that were happening, by the failures in leadership that were being reflected across his organization. And in a response to that list of demands, this walkout process has now spoken. It says, CEO Bobby Kotick today sent the following letter to all employees. And this isn't a leak. This is a press release from Activision Blizzard. This has been a difficult and upsetting week. Very start, setting the tone. We saw this a little bit in the I Feel Your Pain letters that we discussed 
in the messaging from the president of Activision and from the president of Blizzard, but you're setting the tone. This is important. This is serious. What California is doing, even if you disagree with the facts on the ground, which it's clear that Activision does to some extent, is important work that when you're setting this message, you want to not dismiss out of hand by unelected bureaucrats seeking to blow companies up left and right. You might feel that way in your back office. In fact, you've signaled that you do. You don't go out with that as your opening statement. And this is the corrective for that, whether or not you believe it, whether or not you just think it is self-aggrandizing to try to prevent the problems that we're seeing from the last couple of days. That is up to your judgment, but that is its purpose and it does a lot better here. Mr. Kotick continues, I want to recognize and thank all of those who have come forward in the past and in recent days. Recent days would be folks that aren't mentioned directly by California. I so appreciate your courage. Every voice matters. You see that on the plaque at Blizzard and on this thumbnail. And we will do a better job of listening now and in the future. Couple of things happening here. You're already starting to get what we would expect from the corporation. This isn't wrong, by the way. It's not as strident as the prior messages. Activision Blizzard isn't going to sit down for California and just accept their lawsuit. They might well settle it, but they're not going to just accept that California and everything they have said is correct. So Mr. Kotick here says, I appreciate your courage, which you can dismiss as much as you like. He's trying to set the tone again. And then we will do a better job of listening now. And you'll see this kind of in a couple of places in the statement. We were already doing this stuff. There's a, there's a hint behind the scenes. California is wrong. We were already trying to do these kinds of things, but we'll do them better. And this is a version of the messaging that I talked about in my prior couple of videos that you would expect from a corporation. This is important stuff. My God, our employees and our former employees are coming out of the woodwork with problems that they had. You don't dismiss that. You sympathize, you empathize with that. And that's a human response. I assume Bobby Kotick actually does sympathize with the plights of the people that are being described there. He might not believe them all and that's his own problem and everybody can interpret them as they will. But if they are true, then you sympathize, you empathize. Some of them sound really, really horrible. And you say, yeah, I appreciate your courage. We're going to do a better job of listening. If this existed at all, we could have done more. Our initial responses to the issues we face together and to your concerns were quite frankly, tone deaf. And that's as strong as you're going to get. Hey, we screwed up completely. We have all these messages. The initial message was wrong. The three emails were wrong. Everything that has risen to this point is a expected outcome of the wrongness of what we said. It is imperative that we acknowledge all perspectives and experiences and respect the feelings of those who have been mistreated in any way. I am sorry that we did not provide the right empathy and understanding. And he should be. That's an apology that would seem to be sincere. You can say it's motivated by the fact his stock price went down, and you're probably right. But it's clear that they didn't do the right thing. He's sorry they didn't do the right thing. Many of you have told us that active outreach comes from caring so deeply for the company, that so many people have reached out and shared thoughts, suggestions, and highlighted opportunities for improvement, which is a euphemistic way of saying what some of the people have said, is a powerful reflection of how you care for our communities of colleagues and players and for each other. Ensuring that we have a safe and welcoming work environment is my highest priority. The leadership team has heard you loud and clear. We are taking swift action to be the compassionate, caring company you came to work for and to ensure a safe environment. 
There is no place anywhere at our company for discrimination, harassment, or unequal treatment of any kind, which is exactly what Ms. Townsend said over here. I am proud to be a part of a company that takes a hardline approach. The difference in messaging here is a little bit better place. This is clearly a more PR-oriented statement. You say, okay, people have had problems at our organization. We can't just say they didn't. We can't slip into gaslighting because it looks like we're then lying to the people that ostensibly we care about most. So we say we are trying to be better. We want to ensure a safe and welcoming environment. And there's no place for what you describe at our company. Not that it didn't happen to you, but that there's no place for it. And we want to eradicate it from our halls. Again, this is just my description of what's proper messaging in here. You don't have to believe one sentence of any of this. We will do everything possible to make sure that together we improve and build the kind of inclusive workplace that is essential to foster creativity and inspiration. And here we get the response that I noted that looked like it was a response to that fourth demand in the walkout demands. I have asked the law firm Wilmer Hale to conduct a review of our policies and procedures to ensure that we have and maintain best practices to promote a respectful and inclusive workplace. Nothing wrong with that. Law firms do that all the time. I review employee handbooks. I talk to folks about employment policies. And if it gets to litigation, I send them to an employment litigator. And I talk to employees on that side of things as well. But it might not be what you want. We don't know. I certainly don't know whether Activision Blizzard has an existing relationship with Wilmer Hale, what that relationship might be. Employees are going to ask that question. You don't want a biased third party that otherwise owes... Uh, its success to Activision Blizzard in some important way. This work will begin immediately, says Mr. Kotick. The Wilmer Hale team will be led by Stephanie Avakian, who is a member of the management team at Wilmer Hale, so very high up at the law firm, and was most recently the director of the United States Securities and Exchange Commission's Division of Enforcement. Now, the SEC isn't really a labor facing organization. It's talking about investment securities, what you do with your stock, what you're disclosing in respective division of enforcement. They're making sure that you're not doing things improper, that you aren't lying to investors, that kind of thing. And so it's an interesting pick. I don't know why you would include that particular data point here in your letter to your employees. Your employees at best aren't going to care and at worst are going to say, well, you're putting somebody on this that doesn't have anything to do with discrimination, harassment, equal pay, that kind of thing. So what exactly are you aiming to achieve here? I think that's a bit of a misstep in just including the information, not necessarily in the hire. That's kind of up to Bobby's judgment and the employee's judgment. Uh, but it did jump out at me as something that I said, hmm, interesting. I wonder how the employees will react to that. We encourage anyone with an experience you believe violates our policies or in any way made you uncomfortable in the workplace to use any of our many existing channels for reporting or to reach out to Stephanie. She and her team at Wilmer Hale will be available to speak with you on a confidential basis and can be reached at Activision or at the phone number. Your outreach will be kept confidential. Of course, no retaliation will be tolerated. And that's important because they are, of course, being sued by the state of California for retaliating against female employees talking to folks like human resources, potentially to third parties like the state of California. Now, if you're a little bit more cynical about all this, you say, Rick, you say they responded to point four here, but might you think of this as them trying to get out in front of having to pick a third party that the employees might have a say in? I wouldn't tell you that you're wrong. If Activision Blizzard identifies this as something that they probably are ultimately going to have to do, then they might jump in and say, we're going to get that third party on the book so that most of the employees that argue about this are going to say, hey, we're having an investigation and we don't have to go through this process. So depends on your level of generosity 
towards Activision Blizzard. I know some of you have very little of that, and I can't blame you for it, uh, but that's what's happened so far. He also says, we're going to do some other stuff. We are committed to long-lasting change, says CEO Kotick. Effective immediately, we will be taking the following actions. One, employee support. We will continue to investigate each and every claim and will not hesitate to take decisive action. So important rhetorical sleight of hand here. Not, we will now investigate each and every claim. We will continue to investigate each and every claim. We've been doing that, state of California, other employees. And yes, to the extent that you have stories, we are empathetic towards those. And clearly we weren't successful in eradicating harassment and discrimination the way we would have wanted to, but we will continue to do what we've been doing. To strengthen our capabilities in this area, we are adding additional senior staff and other resources to both the compliance team and the employee relations team. We're going to add more people, presumably hire more people, but at least move people around that are going to focus specifically on investigations of claims. Now, if you're already predisposed, as you probably are if you're walking out on Activision to say the leadership is corrupt, then adding additional senior staff to that process probably doesn't assuage your fears. It's one of the reasons you asked for agreed upon by employees and company-wide is that you have a loss of faith in your leadership. This letter, this walkout is effectively a vote of no confidence. And when you're facing a vote of no confidence in your leadership of an organization like this, it's very difficult to get around that because they don't have confidence. And so senior staff, those kinds of things, probably not terribly responsive, but it's good to see Activision taking some kind of proactive step. Listening sessions. We know many of you have inspired ideas on how to improve our culture. We will be creating safe spaces moderated by third parties for you to speak out and share areas for improvement. I've highlighted here moderated by third parties because it's a little bit unclear what that means. They're trying to signal, Activision Blizzard is, that they're going to have a moderation that doesn't involve themselves so you can feel comfortable talking to this third party and potentially do it anonymously, although that's not stated here. But it will matter who that third party is, whether you can do it anonymously, what that process looks like for any employee to be satisfied with that kind of listening session concept. Personnel changes, and I think this is what at least some employees are looking for. We are immediately evaluating managers and leaders across the company, which is corporate code for, we might have some heads roll here. There might be some firings. We might move people into places uh, and then just try to hide this for a little while. And you'll want to watch Activision Blizzard for that kind of thing, but we're evaluating folks. And then you get a little bit of defensiveness. Anyone found to have impeded the integrity of our processes for evaluating claims and imposing appropriate consequences will be terminated. So just like above, we'll continue to investigate. This is a statement that says we have processes for evaluating claims. We have processes to impose appropriate consequences. We will get rid of the traitors in our midst. Anyone found to have impeded what we already do will be terminated. Now, look, I believe as a publicly traded corporation that Activision Blizzard probably has the right policies and procedures on paper. And so there are undoubtedly bad apples that would be impeding things to prevent folks from responding to HR and things like that. The question is, and the employees have asked this question, the state of California has asked this question, how high does that go? Where does the rot set in? And if the people that are evaluating that are the rot, then you've got a problem in and of itself. It's that same kind of vote of no confidence principle. But I do want to note rhetorically that you've now got a couple of instances where they are effectively saying, we do this already, we'll do it more. Hiring practices. Earlier this year, I sent an email requiring all hiring managers to ensure they have diverse candidate slates for all open positions. We will be adding compliance resources to ensure that our hiring managers are in fact adhering to this directive. And I'm again, unclear as to what adding compliance resources means in this capacity, whether that's hiring additional folks or just checking up on things. But 
Apparently, Bobby Kotick and Activision Blizzard had sent out to hiring folks that they want to make sure that there are diverse candidate slates. Does that rise to the level of the employees asking for adoption of recruiting, interviewing, hiring, and promotion policies designed to improve representation? I doubt a letter from Bobby Kotick rises to that level, but it appears to be an attempt to respond to that conceptually. And then in-game changes. We have heard the input from employees and player communities that some of our in-game content is inappropriate. We were removing that content. And this is where it's really kind of weird. Nobody references this, what it means to have inappropriate content in their game. So you look at an article from like GameSpot that highlights a tweet from the World of Warcraft team that says something very similar. While we turn to our team for guidance in our internal work to protect marginalized groups and hold accountable those who threaten them, we also want to take immediate action in Azeroth to remove references that are not appropriate for our world. This work has been underway, and you will be seeing several such changes to both Shadowlands and WoW Classic in the coming days. And GameSpot reports, while it is not directly stated what references are being removed from both World of Warcraft and World of Warcraft Classic, it seems likely that the team will be removing references to former director Alex Afrasabi, and I apologize in advance for the pronunciation there, who was named in the lawsuit. And that's the name that we haven't referenced. We haven't referenced it in the video that we did on the lawsuit because, and GameSpot is technically right, which is a lawyer is the best kind of right, but also pretty informatically wrong by saying that this individual was named in the lawsuit. The only parties named in the lawsuit are Activision Blizzard, Blizzard and Activision Publishing with 10 John Doe slots reserved by the state of California for potentially adding individual managers. Now, I would expect that Alex here would be one of the named parties by the way he's used in the allegations against Activision Blizzard for right now, while he is a name that appears in the lawsuit, as is J. Allen Brack at Blizzard, he isn't named in the lawsuit for legal purposes. That's generally the way that you say someone is a defendant to an action like this. He isn't a defendant right this second. He is, in fact, a person named as part of the documents in the lawsuit. This is perhaps a little bit lawyery, but I do think that this represents that he's a defendant as reported, and, I, and that's incorrect, uh, certainly by implication, even though it's technically correct insofar as his name does appear. And I suspect that's right, that that's the kind of thing that the World of Warcraft team is talking about removing. That's the kind of thing that Bobby Kotick is talking about removing. It is wild that they aren't being more specific about what that is, and it's unclear why they aren't, perhaps trying to avoid some kind of admission of guilt or culpability or something else. Your well-being remains my priority, and I will spare no company resource ensuring that our company has the most welcoming, comfortable, and safe culture possible. You have my unwavering commitment that we will improve our company together and we will be the most inspiring, inclusive entertainment company in the world. And this statement, as a PR statement, is pretty much what you would expect from a corporation doing the right thing. This is how earlier in the video I talked about why you should probably be a little bit more understanding of companies that want to get their ducks in a row before they make statements because Activision Blizzard is a case study over the past week on how to screw things up so badly. And had they just waited to get a statement out like this one, you might have had a much less vociferous response to everything. I really do think that the Activision Blizzard messaging was so bad that it fomented what they are seeing today. And I think it's justified what they are seeing today. Now, after this statement went out, you did see, as I promised, a bit of a bounce back. 
to a level that's a bit normal. There was actually some tumult on the stock market with respect to technology companies. Yesterday, a number of you commenters came in to mention that. That's absolutely right. I usually think of one to 3%. That kind of thing is normal-ish. They were looking at eight, 9% when I was looking at it yesterday. You've seen it bounce back now to the loss from yesterday. It's unclear, but it certainly does represent that this letter looks a lot more like what you would expect from a multi-billion dollar global corporation caring about its employees, trying to get out in front of issues. You don't have to love any of this statement. There's some corporatese here, as I've pointed out, but it's a lot more normal when the messaging that was popping out and the treatment that came out with the IGN statement immediately after the lawsuit was anything but. So now you've got a walkout, you've got an Acti Blizz walkout hashtag that's out there, social media, likely reporting about all of this. I've heard other folks mention to me that there are uh, class action law firms that are investigating the issue. People have asked me whether that's normal. It is. Whenever there's a significant investment problem, when there's a lawsuit from the state of California that's novel in the industry and potentially huge in ramifications, you will have plaintiff's class action law firms looking at the issue. That's in fact the free market legal wise at work that those people can make money at this. And so they're incentivized to investigate and they might well find something. We don't know what they won't find. That's not unusual, but we'll have to see whether classes develop and they would be representing investors that are saying the management hasn't done what they are supposed to do, hasn't let the assets of the company work like they're supposed to work because they weren't abiding by their fiduciary duties to make sure that their employees are safe, that to make sure that the state of California doesn't sue the heck out of them. So you might see those kinds of things develop, but they are normal regardless of what the underlying facts and circumstances are. So again, I want to thank our July 2021 Patreon sponsors, Tavern Keeper and Dragon Girl. And I want to say thank you so much for checking out this video. Please do recommend it to folks. Subscribe if you're interested. Check out our Patreon. Otherwise, this has been Virtual Legality for today. And if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Thanks so much. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.